0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. As always, I am your host, Sarah Heron, and this week, I caught up with a neuroscientist, Dr. Kristen, and we got into a lot of stuff about reality TV, including her own past on reality television, why Bachelor contestants think they're in love so quickly, and just the effects of being filmed on a reality show. And It was a very interesting conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it, but I cannot wait until friday's mini episode to talk about katie's first promo because as you probably already saw abc has been releasing little teasers of katie's season and us weekly actually exclusively revealed that this show has wrapped they are home from new mexico taisha caitlin katie the whole crew katie could be engaged right now we don't know and we don't spoil but could be engaged right now and according to a source they actually wrapped a little early. So that could be good or bad, you guys. I think that it could mean a dramatic finish. We can only hope. Maybe, you know, Katie felt so strongly about her her winner that things ended early, or like Colton vibes jumped the fence and, you know, those last couple of weeks didn't go as planned necessarily. Or, you know, maybe, maybe something else happened. We'll have to wait and see. But from what we heard, they wrapped a little early. Um, the resort is still not available to the public. At least it wasn't until the end of this week, um, early May. So they have wrapped... Before we know it, it'll be here, but we've only gotten a little glimpse at, at the, at the season so far, obviously the first was that like picture of her, the mini promo of her in the purple skirt, which we'll get into. And now we have this little longer one with clips from Matt James season and it's set to ring by Selena Gomez, which, you know, first of all, underrated Bob, by the way, we've got Katie twirling around as always, um, in this lavender purple dress. And I don't know, guys, but to me, it kind of looked like something Ashley Tisdale would wear in a music video when she was on Disney Channel or that someone would wear to their Sweet 16. And it's just not working for me. And Katie deserves more. I mean, she's a gorgeous girl. And in the first teaser, they put her in a backward skirt and a white tank top. A backward skirt and a white tank top. Now, she's in this lavender dress that, like I said, I just feel like a Disney Channel girl would be wearing... Back in the day, it's just not, not doing it for me, and I, I feel like there has to be something better. I have nothing against purple. Clearly, Katie or the stylist, they like purple, but I feel like we deserve more. Katie deserves more. Bachelor Nation deserves more, and then halfway through this promo, we get the t-shirt, and we have to talk about the t-shirt, you guys. She's wearing a shirt that says, Be a Katie over this purple dress. And while you might think that hiding the dress would help, it really didn't. Because what does, hash- quote, be a Katie mean? I'm sure it's going to be a hashtag too. Hashtag be a Katie, quote me, be a Katie. These shirts are probably available for sale right now. I feel like we don't know enough about Katie to want to or not want to be a Katie. If that makes any sense. I just don't really get this, this marketing plan here. You know, we saw her stand up to the Mean Girls last season which I thought was amazing. I remember praising her on the show and I, I really did believe she had good intentions and that the women on this season were just, on Matt's season were like next level and a little out of control. But we also saw them at the Women Tell All really try to change the narrative and imply that, you know, Katie getting all this praise, there was more to the story. And that could also just be the, the women trying to change the narrative, right? Take it back and, and not understand why they were getting labeled mean girls and think that they were just getting an unfair shake and blaming it on Katie. That's 100% possible. But it's also possible, I know for a fact that in past seasons, they maybe have picked the Bachelorette or had an idea of who they wanted their next lead to be a little earlier on. Sometimes it's last minute. Sometimes I feel like they know. Um, Obviously, Rachel Lindsay, for example, was announced before her season even ended. Hannah Brown was kind of the closest we've gotten to a lead that was later on, that was Not in the final. She was like out probably seventh or something. Katie similar. Um, So they clearly knew that they wanted Katie, in my opinion, to to be a lead or had an idea about her early on. So that means they might have controlled her edit a little bit and they wanted her to be this like badass bachelorette standing up against the other women which I think is great. However, it's kind of shading everyone else on the season. Like, be a Katie. Does that mean everyone else was horrible? Which, you know, some of them weren't great. I've been honest about that. But it's weird for its own show to kind of turn and be like, be a Katie. Don't be like anyone else. Like, I just thought it was a little strange. And the the promo kind of sets the narrative for the season. Like, it gives you our log line, right? Like, our, our tagline, The the situation. And With with Ben Higgins, you know we're unlovable. Matt James has never been in love before, and I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. And I and I like that it wasn't just about her relationship, but it also just kind of shows me that it's because her relationship with Matt just wasn't significant. You know what I mean? Like sometimes there is something to be said for that. We feel so bad for that runner-up because we saw them fall in love, and like Katie's exit for me just didn't really feel like she was that heartbroken. And her main storyline was, I guess, with the other women. Hence this be a Katie. But it, it just doesn't really work for me in the way they're setting up the season. I just think that also if we're getting like this badass promo, like be a Katie, she's awesome. Why is she in that ugly dress? Like why can't she be in like in a badass outfit? Like I think back to Hannah Brown in those um in that jumpsuit. That was amazing. Taisha with all the headlines behind her. That was really cool because everyone was talking about her and she was like taking back the narrative. That promo was insane. Looked so good. Even Claire calling out Juan Pablo and like bringing back her moment. Like I feel like it was just, it didn't do it for me, you guys. It didn't do it for me. And I'm I'm trying to be open. This is nothing against Katie. I really want um to, to I'm rooting for her. I'm excited for the season. I just feel like they're not doing us any favors. People, you know, are missing the show. It's time for it to come back. And I and it makes me wonder if the Katie choice is not really making sense already if they can't get the promo right the the narrative already so that's just my opinion maybe you guys loved it i don't know i got a few messages saying that the, the dress was not anyone's favorite and it's a it's a pretty dress it's just like not appropriate i think for this like badass 30 year old woman to be wearing to start her journey within a weird cheap t-shirt over it it just it didn't do it for me you guys <laughs> clearly i've made my point clear um so we have so much news to break into on friday's episode get ready we've got exclusive details on matt and rachel we've got claire with her engagement ring back on um Um, And so much more, who knows what's going to happen from then. But for now, um, I'd like to leave you with my chat with Dr. Kristen.
1: So my name is Dr. Kristen Willemeyer. I'm a neuroscientist. I've been practicing for the last two decades. And I'm author of a new book called Biohack Your Brain, How to Boost Cognitive Health Performance and Power. And my background is in neuroimaging and psychiatry. And I'm also an avid fan of reality television, having been on a reality television show myself.
0: Right. What reality show were you on? I did see this.
1: Yes. I was on The Mole, season five of The Mole, which was filmed back in 2008. It was really fun. So it may be before your time. Did you ever watch that show?
0: No. Can you tell me the the premise a little bit?
1: Yeah, so The Mole is, or was, a spy-themed reality television show, and it really started to reach its success back when Anderson Cooper, who is now the host of CNN, used to be the host of that show, and what it is is contestants would go, usually it's 12 contestants, and we would be brought into a foreign country, and we had to do emotional challenges physical challenges mental challenges and the goal was to figure out of the 12 of us that were there which person was the mole so the mole is the person who was really there to thwart the group's efforts at winning money wow so it's a mind game it's a mind game so back in my season we had the ability to win up to half a million dollars um some of the previous seasons went up to a million dollars so Going onto reality television show with the hopes of potentially winning that kind of money was really uh, intriguing and enticing.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. So, where did that fall into when you were studying? Were you like, were you working already and took a break, or was this before everything you're doing now? It, it
1: actually happened at the perfect time in my life. So, I was just finishing my PhD over at UCLA. And had been doing a postdoctoral training the Department of Neurology at Cedar Sinai, and my mentor at the time moved his entire lab to the University of Utah, and I decided I was going to stay in Los Angeles. So it was really the perfect time in my career, and in graduate school, in my postdoctoral training, and going into uh, working in the real world. So I had this sort of perfect time to take a break and. See if I can go on a reality television show and win a little bit of money that hmm. is
0: so interesting, and I want to get into the Bachelor specifically because yes. i'm I'm fascinated by everything in Bachelor Nation, obviously, but specifically mm-hmm. how quickly we see not only the lead but also these contestants quote unquote falling in love, right so yes. what can you tell me about whether they're really in love or not because I, I think you know better than me. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I've been watching the show since its inception in 2002, you know, the lovely Trista, um, Trista and Ryan. And so But being in the field of neuroscience, you like to think, okay, what's really happening in the brain when we fall in love and our contestants falling in love in The Bachelor and how does that really happen? And truth be told, Thanks to people like you who are interviewing contestants who've been on the show, we've learned that going on The Bachelor is really this sort of uh, hyper-accelerated way of falling in love. You're there for, what, six to nine weeks total. Um, The person who ends up winning the show usually spends an average of 24 to 30 hours with the lead. So really that's a a very short period of time. So I think being on The Bachelor is really uh, showing us, number one, what it's like to speed date, uh, number two, we're watching contestants fall in love more from a sort of lust and chemistry perspective versus you know what we would see in the real world, and I think that's what attracts us to the show. You know, we're there rooting for you know that those contestants. We're rooting for love to prevail and to actually watch and see if these contestants can make it for the long haul, like Tristan and Ryan.
0: Totally. Do you think that? The I mean, the controlled environment has to play the huge part in it, right? Because they are in either a resort as recently or the mansion or whatever, and they have nothing else to do. So you get
1: fixated, right? You do. Well, I think it takes a very special kind of person to be able to compete on one of these shows because number one, you're right. You are there. You have no access to media, your phone, um, connections with your friends. So You're in this little bubble, this isolated bubble for these six weeks with people you don't know, and you've got to sort of, it's a competition, number one, and number two, you've got to entertain yourself, and number three, you're there competing for one man or woman, and I think it takes a really special type of person to put themselves in that situation to be able to handle that. I mean, in, in a real world dating situation, maybe we're dating one or two people simultaneously, but not, you know, like Matt James. What did he have? 32 contestants? He, had a, he had a high number. <laughs> hmm. I know. And Katie, I hear, has a high number herself.
0: Yes, I heard that too. I think they've been doing the thing where they quarantine a bunch of extras just in case, and then they might then yes. match them later, like we saw with Matt's, with Matt's late arrivals.
1: I know. That was quite a surprise, right? It, it, even a surprise to him. All of a sudden, we have four or five new contestants. And, you know, we saw the OGs versus, you know, the newbies. And it's tough.
0: It doesn't take them very long to get possessive over the contestant and over being, you know, OGs on the show. He was like, you've been here for two seconds, too. Relax. <laughs>
1: I know. I know. That's why I, you know, everybody's sort of staking their claim. And I think you've had people that are on the show, uh, your podcast, talking about that every woman is vying for time and the relationships get built when the lead has the opportunity to spend time with somebody. I think you were talking to Pilot Pete, which I Mm -hmm. thought was a really, that was a really fun interview because that's what he said. It's like sometimes the producers are sort of you know, leading you towards certain girls and maybe not giving you enough time with other girls that could be potential love interests. So,
0: so many, so many levels to it. I recently spoke mm-hmm. to um, two girls from the Bravo show Summer House, Paige and Hannah, and that show films with cameras all the time this season because they're mm-hmm. in a house, kind of like a big brother situation. And they were mentioning yes. when they got out of the house, they felt like they were looking around, like, where's the camera? How long mm-hmm. does it take for like, your brain to re- realize, okay, I'm in a safe place now. I don't need to watch what I'm saying.
1: Oh, when you're in a reality television show. Yes, environment so, yeah. and then home. Well, you know, I'll tell you, having been on my show, I was there for well over a month in South America with, again, I didn't know anyone and we all had camera crews that were following us. So, you know, 24 seven, you're on camera and I think you get used to it fairly quickly. I mean, you realize, okay, this is my environment. I just have to be myself. And as you know, the editors will then decide what they want to put on the show or not put on the show. Um... And they are, the producers are really brilliant at getting, uh, getting you to react. It's, you know, having been on the other side, having done it myself, you know, you start to realize the personalities that are there are sometimes prone to clashing and that's done by design.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not good, but it's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Even me, I'm very, you know, calm, cool, collected. And, you know, even on our show, you know, I went through 10 or more challenges. And when they put you with people, they'll room you with very specific people that could, you know, start, uh, get you riled up. Um, people say things behind one another's back. And all of a sudden you have this great content for a show. <laughs> And it's weird because as someone who's
0: obviously talks, gets behind the scenes stuff all the time, hears things that are on the show, things I can't even say. I You'd think it might to, like make me not want to watch because I think it might be contrived, but instead it makes me more into knowing what's really going, like trying to figure it out and watching the show.
1: Yeah, you can never figure it out. I mean, that's I think that's what drives us to watch. You know, I think we're driven to watch for so many reasons because it's just such an unusual, it's just a scenario that we none of us would ever go through in the real world. Um, But as many people who've been on your podcast have said, you're just your real self. You know, like, um, who was it Corinne Olympias was saying, you know, hey, I wanted to take a nap. So I took a nap and I missed a rose ceremony or two. And she was unapologetic about it. And I think, you know, when you're on these kind of shows and you're there for a long enough period of time, you just become your authentic self and yes producers might try and drive certain things to happen but then they have to actually do it for you
0: yeah that's so also within bachelor nation you know it's it's like a cycle right because we we see these contestants and then we they come back why do you think people who maybe have been burned by the show or by producers are so willing to put themselves back in the ring again and do it again
1: I think because it's a lot of fun. I, I, <laughs> I don't. I can't speak for bachelors and bachelorettes. It's a very different kind of show than what I was on. I mean, my show was an adventure show and lots of great competitions, and it was really fun and mentally engaging. And you know, if I had to do it all over again, I, I probably would because it was just a great experience. So, you know, when you're going on a dating show, it's really different and you know, that sort of exposes a side of yourself that, um, I don't know, it's very personal. So I guess for people looking for love, it's it certainly worked. I mean, we have a handful of bachelor bachelorette couples that are happily married with kids. And I think they're even defying the odds. It's, it's almost a miracle, you know, one set of couples are still together, let alone, what is it, maybe eight?
0: Yeah, some something like
1: that. I also I think, think I think you would know better than me, like the the, the numbers. <laughs> but depends if is- we
0: we count the paradise of it all and the all those. Okay, oh, yeah, oh, right. I yeah, actually
1: am not considering the paradise. That's a whole other off
0: A whole other show, mm-hmm. but also with with the Bachelor franchise in general. I mean, we've seen much more success with Bachelorettes leading the way. Is that mm-hmm. anything to do with the way women think and how they approach things?
1: Yeah. Well. I mean, and I think I could ask you this question yourself, right? We as women are primed when we're very young. You know, we believe in the fairy tales. We watch the Hallmark Channel, hey. the romantic movies. You know, we're, we're already thinking about our weddings, you know, when we're in our, you know, uh, teens and 20s and, uh, you know, dating the college uh, football star and, you know, envisioning our wedding. So I think the bachelorettes come on with a very clear purpose and intent you know, I want to come out of this with a ring. And because there's an extensive screening process that goes on to even be selected for the show, you think, you know, the men that they're going to select for the, for the women um, should be a really good match and should be ready to, you know, make that commitment. And of course, we know not everybody can do that, but at least we're seeing that commitment, you know, happen more on The Bachelorette.
0: Yeah. And with bachelors, the irony of it all is we have more success with the runner up situation because we have Jason and Molly and mm-hmm. we have Ari and Lauren. And our only true bachelor success is would be Sean and Catherine if we're going to go that way. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Too. They were great too. Oh, yeah. So cute. And they look the cutest kids ever. Um, but the fact that bachelor yeah. bachelors are tend to maybe go back or you even had Peter date like you know, a contestant that came in fifth, if you want to call it that. But is it, is there something just of them with the way men think that they can't make up their mind?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you, cause I've heard some of the interviews of the men, you know, for example, I heard Jason's interview and he said, you know, you basically have what four or five dates with these women and you've got two women that you've fallen in love with and you pick one and then you go home and there's that time where you're sequestered between, you know. Uh, when the show actually aired, you finish filming and the show airs. And, you know, you're thinking about the other person, you know, you've developed feelings for both and are you making the right choice? So I think, um, what did Jason say? He was too emotional for the show, you know, so he really connected with both and, um, you know, now I know there's no hard feelings I think he's in a great relationship. Um, but yeah. I just was and wondering. Ari, Ari's, 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 Ari's was tough too. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's, you know, I guess he, it's, a, it's a good sign that if they go back on it and they pick the runner up or whatever, that's been successful. So they were sure in their feelings. It's just, how do you get there? I guess maybe rewatching it a little bit or just sitting with your emotions. I don't know.
1: Well, imagine you know, if you're a guy and you have literally four dates with somebody and then you have to pick the person that you're going to be with and make a commitment to for a lifetime, that's a lot of pressure and it's not realistic and you don't have enough time to really get to know somebody. And I think that's, you know, I think we all know that intuitively, that's why we watch the show and we go, wow, can somebody actually speed date, right? Pick the right person and make it for the long haul. And I think that's why, you know, Bachelor Nation is always watching these relationships to see what's going on? You know, are they going to have kids? And um, I'm sure that helps the relationships continue, right? You feel there's probably a little bit of a pressure put on the lead to be able to maintain the relationships.
0: Yeah. I mean, we also saw with Matt's season and a little bit with Peter, which I mentioned when the families come in and kind of break that wall. So they're out of that bachelor Mm -hmm. bubble for the first time. Chris Harrison isn't the only person they have to talk to or whoever the host is. Yeah. Do you think that, I mean, it's not a coincidence that we've seen, you know, especially with Peter and Matt, kind of have their parents influence them because it's the first time they're like breaking out of the bubble.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the first time they have nobody to talk to. And these are the people that they trust the most in the world. And if mom or dad, you know, somebody has something to say, it's going to really weigh heavily in that person's decision. And, you know, like we saw in Matt James' season with uh, Rachel Kirkconnell, like her dad was clearly, you know, expressing his doubts. And I'm sure my father would too. My gosh, as a former Marine, you know, he, he, he would really be like Kristen now, really. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, I think that factors in substantially to, you know, if people are going to stay together, or changing the mind.
0: Um I also wanted to ask you, obviously, we just had Colton Underwood, our former former bachelor um, mm-hmm. come out as gay. huge interview. Do you have any insight into how filming that show might have affected him and like how everything that's happened?
1: I know that's uh, I, I really give him a lot of credit for being brave enough to come out so publicly and say that. and having watched the interview on Good Morning America, he clearly knew you know, during puberty and adolescence that he had a natural affinity, right, for people of the uh, same sex. And, but I think he really, you know, has been working through that. And I feel him going on The Bachelor was really his way to say, I'm going to, I'm going to give this a go. Like, I really want to see if I can make something work. And again, when you go on these shows, it is, the contestants are picked for, um people like Colton, like they will go through psychological profiles and background checks and they'll really look to see. It's the matchmaking does happen. And I think he was really hoping that he could come out of this and be straight and have a great relationship. And we saw that clearly didn't happen. And, you know, we can't also leave the elephants in the room, you know, uh, Cassie mm-hmm. had the restraining order. I mean, as my my friend Emmanuel Acho says, you know, having that uncomfortable conversation, you know, wasn't great what happened afterwards with her and restraining order. And I've had issues like that happen in my life. So I'm really um, compassionate towards what she's going through and how that impacted her psychologically. Mm-hmm. And you can see this has tormented him and his not being able to be his authentic self has probably tormented him psychologically. So um, I really admire that he has the courage to come out in a public way because now you know he'll get support, he'll get backlash, he's going to get everything, um, yeah. but he can at least live his life uh, expressing his truth, and I, I applaud that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's what's so fascinating to me also is his decision to go back in front of the cameras and have Netflix following his journey. And I mean, I feel a lot of types of ways about it, but I just, it's confusing to me also as someone who read his book and he wasn't necessarily super kind to the reality TV cameras. And he kind of admitted that he was maybe using it as a way to try to, you know, live life as a straight man. But why, Mm -hmm. why would he want to welcome that back in? It's, I don't know.
1: I I agree with you. That decision really should have played out on its own, you know, not behind the cameras, but just in his own life, exploring his sexuality. So I think it takes a bold personality to be able to put that back on television. And he's going to have to live with that. And, you know, we we will see, right? We will all be tuning in. (laughs) Totally. I mean, obviously. I didn't read his book. So what it said in the book that he had a little bit of an issue with.
0: He just was like a pretty, I mean, as all, a lot of them are contestants are about the producers and feeling, you know, manipulated is always the word they use, but I always Mm -hmm. take it. I mean, obviously I've never been on the show, but it's like, obviously you trust these people and you might, you know, be inclined to, to be coached by them. But I think manipulated can be a strong word because you, they you, they can't make you do something, from my understanding. But they, I've never been on the show, obviously.
1: They can't, and I'll tell you, you know, on my show, we became friends with the producers as well, all the production staff. Like you talk to the hosts and the production staff, you don't have your friends there, so they become your friends, and you trust them. That's <laughs> all part of it, I think. <laughs> you do. You just naturally, you know, fall into line and you trust them. I mean, I did it back 15 years ago before there were podcasts like yours and we could really know what goes on behind the scenes. So you go there, you know, you sign a contract, you say, I'm up for anything. And literally that's what you sign the contract, literally anything. And I'm sure people who go on the bachelor and bachelorette it's the same thing, you know, crazy adventures, jumping out of airplanes, right? It's not just dating, but it's also the types of dates that you go on and Be okay with all of it being filmed. So, if you sign on the dotted line, then I think you just have to know what you're walking into. And you know, now future contestants are more aware, you know, of what it entails and what it entails coming out of it. So, a majority of people who go on the shows now have these platforms which might even make it confusing, right? Are people going on the show for the platform? Are they going on the show for love? So it's going to be, is gonna be important.
0: The social media aspect of it also, that's such an interesting point. Do you think that, I mean, coming off the show and being bombarded with other people's opinions that has to affect you mentally as well, right? Is, Is it even possible to turn
1: that off? I don't think it's possible to turn it off. I think the type of personalities that go onto a reality television show just know that they're you just sort of have to emotionally prepare yourself and not care what other people think people are going to love you they're going to hate you I mean even back when I did a show it's it's all over the map like people are going to have an opinion and you just have to be really comfortable with yourself and do you so you know and I I think most people realize that now you kind of get thicker skins if you are you know women you know coming from a brain imaging world, women are more likely to struggle with anxiety and depression. So women might have a harder time with it, um, depending on their, you know, psychological or psychiatric history. But if you go in just knowing and being aware that that can happen, um, it seems there's plenty of people that are on social media that are handling it.
0: Totally. I mean, there's always always therapy. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> there's always therapy. Um, my last question before I let you go, I don't even know if it's really a question, but in general, also as just, you know, we, we get a little bit more woke or aware of things and we're all learning. And I feel like we're less inclined to, you know, maybe make fun of someone as openly as people would have a couple of years ago on TV and stuff like that. And have sure, to yeah. find the balance of hate and sarcasm and joking. Do you think that there'd be any sort of end of reality TV if people feel as though it's like we're exploiting people to any degree or will we always kind of find a way to compartmentalize and be like well they you know this is a show we could we could laugh at this
1: it's actually a great point that you bring up and you know now we're in cancel culture and we all have to be very mindful of the words that we use and I think reality TV is here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think we all love being voyeurs in other people's lives. It's escape from our life. You know, I mean, look at the pandemic. You know, we're all, we've all been home, sequestered, watching the show. I mean, you're you're counting down the days till the next Bachelorette. <laughs> My life. <laughs> bachelor, what, uh, what is it? The, uh, the Bachelorette, Bachelor in yeah, Paradise. Bachelorette, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think the reality TV format is going to continue and people are just going to have to be, you know, you're gonna to have to be mindful of what you say and you could still be subject to backlash because I think people even say things innocently and can, um, you know, still get caught off guard and lose their jobs. Um, it's, yeah, <laughs> it, it reminded me when you know, the internet started exploding and people on Facebook and Twitter, you know, being really careful about the pictures that you put up because it could impact your ability to get a job. Um, You know, now it's, and I still think that's important because you can have a CEO of a company who wants to hire you and say, oh, you've been on The Bachelorette and I saw that scene of you in the hot tub. Um, It's, it's, you don't think of those things when you're your age, <laughs> but you think of them as you get to be my age, right? And you're advancing in your career. So I don't know. There's, I think there'll always be a balance, but reality TV is here to stay.
0: Oh, thank goodness, because otherwise thank I would have a
1: goodness. job. Yeah, <laughs> you have a job for life, girl.
0: All right. Well, thank you. This was so fun and interesting to hear a little bit more um, from your perspective, and you know I, that was really cool. So thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Here for the Right Reasons. Don't forget to leave us five stars and come back every Tuesday and Friday for more Bachelor breakdowns, interviews, and all things Bachelor Nation.